to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Zwans, and today is Monday of the fifth week of Lent. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us call to mind our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, by whose wondrous grace we are enriched with every blessing, grant us so to pass from former ways to newness of life, that we may be made ready for the glory of the heavenly kingdom. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the prophet Daniel. Susanna was condemned to death. She cried out as loud as she could, Eternal God, you know all secrets and everything before it happens. You know that they have given false evidence against me. And now have I to die, innocent as I am of everything their malice has invented against me. The Lord heard her cry, and as she was being led away to die, he roused the Holy Spirit residing in a young boy named Daniel, who began to shout, I am innocent of this woman's death. At which all the people turned to him and asked, What do you mean by these words? Standing in the middle of the crowd, he replied, Are you so stupid, sons of Israel, as to condemn a daughter of Israel unheard and without troubling to find out the truth? Go back to the scene of the trial. These men have given false evidence against her. All the people hurried back and the elders said to Daniel, Come and sit with us and tell us what you mean, since God has given you the gifts that elders have. Daniel said, Keep the men well apart from each other, for I want to question them. When the men had been separated, Daniel had one of them brought to him. You have grown old in wickedness, he said, and now the sins of your earlier days have overtaken you, you with your unjust judgments, your condemnation of the innocent, your acquittal of guilty men. When the Lord has said, you must not put the innocent and the just to death. Now then, since you saw her so clearly, tell me what tree you saw them lying under. He replied, under a mastic tree. Daniel said, true enough, your lie recoils on your own head. The angel of God has already received your sentence from him and will slash you in half. He dismissed the man, 
ordered the other to be brought and said to him, Spawn of Canaan, not of Judah, beauty has seduced you, lust has led your heart astray. This is how you have been behaving with the daughters of Israel and they were too frightened to resist. But here is a daughter of Judah who could not stomach your wickedness. Now then, tell me what tree you surprised them under. He replied, under a holm tree, under a holm oak. Daniel said, true enough, your lie recoils on your own head. The angel of God is waiting with a sword to drive home and split you and destroy the pair of you. Then the whole assembly shouted, blessing God, the saviour of those who trust in him. And they turned on the two elders whom Daniel had convicted of false evidence out of their own mouths. As prescribed in the law of Moses, they sentenced them to the same punishment as they had intended to inflict on their neighbour. They put them to death. The life of an innocent woman was spared that day. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Though I walk in the valley of darkness, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Though I walk in the valley of darkness, I fear no evil, for you are with me. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. Fresh and green are the pastures where he gives me repose. Near restful waters he leads me to revive my drooping spirit. Though I walk in the valley of darkness, I fear no evil, for you are with me. He guides me along the right path. He is true to his name. If I should walk in the valley of darkness, no evil would I fear. You are there with your crook and your staff. With these you give me comfort. Though I walk in the valley of darkness, I fear no evil, for you are with me. You have prepared a banquet for me in the sight of my foes. My head you have anointed with oil. My cup is overflowing. Though I walk in the valley of darkness, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Surely goodness and kindness shall follow me all the days of my life. In the Lord's own house shall I dwell forever and ever. Though I walk in the valley of darkness, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Glory to you, word of God, Lord Jesus Christ. I do not wish the sinner to die, says the Lord, but to turn to me and live. Glory to you, word of God, Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At daybreak he appeared in the temple again, and as all the people came to him, he sat down and began to teach them. The scribes and Pharisees brought a woman along who had been caught committing adultery, and making her stand there in full view of everybody, they said to Jesus, Master, this woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery, and Moses has ordered us in the law to condemn women like this to death by stoning. What have you to say? They asked him this as a test, looking for something to use against him. But Jesus bent down and started writing on the ground with his finger. 
As they persisted with their question, he looked up and said, If there is one of you who has not sinned, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Then he bent down and wrote on the ground again. When they heard this, they went away one by one, beginning with the eldest, until Jesus was left alone with the woman, who remained standing there. He looked up and said, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she replied. Neither do I condemn you, said Jesus. Go away and don't sin any more. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. It's hard when the church puts two amazing readings together and then expects us preachers to put together a succinct homily. So just a quick word about Susanna, but then I'd like to focus on the gospel. Susanna needs to make us think of Jesus here. We've entered into Passion Tide, that time of immediate preparation for Holy Week and thinking about Christ's suffering, death and resurrection. And here we see Susanna accused, though she is innocent, being brought to the point of death, even though she's done nothing wrong. And that makes us think of Jesus. But at the same time, look at the accusers. Look at the pathology that stands behind those who are willing to accuse the innocent because of their own malice and hatred. I think that's a worthy meditation. When we turn our attention to the gospel, to this amazing encounter between Jesus and the woman caught in adultery, I think this is a particularly visual story. And I think you've got to close your eyes and use your imagination because it's not only about what's being said, it's about what's happening. We read this, the scribes and Pharisees brought a woman along who had been caught committing adultery and making her stand there in full view of everybody. They said to Jesus, Master, this woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery. Now, if she's been caught absolutely red-handed, perhaps we can imagine that she's been dragged in some kind of state of undress, maybe. And she's made to stand there in full view of everybody. Everybody is gazing at her with this accusatory look, a look which causes humiliation. And no one actually speaks to her. They only speak about her. And what we hear then is that Jesus bends down and starts writing on the ground with his finger. Now, the usual question is to ask, well, I wonder what Jesus was writing. And I don't know that it's very important what Jesus was writing, because John doesn't tell us precisely what it was. I think what's important is what Jesus is doing in writing in the ground. He's bending down. Where everybody in the crowd is staring at this woman in accusation, Jesus lowers his eyes to the ground. He doesn't allow his gaze to join the accusation of the crowd. He doesn't strip this woman of her dignity. And of course, you then get this famous question. Well, if there's one of you who has not sinned, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. And of course, they all start to walk away. And once everyone else is gone, it's then that Jesus looks up. 
He doesn't speak about her. He speaks to her. He addresses her. Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? When he looks her, when he raises his eyes to look at her, he looks at her. He doesn't look at her as the sum total of her sins. He doesn't look at her with this accusatory gaze. Instead, he looks and beholds the whole woman. And in this encounter, Jesus doesn't strip this woman of her dignity, but instead restores it to her. I don't condemn you either. Go away and don't sin anymore. This gives us an inkling of what Jesus is going to do for the sinner in his suffering, death and resurrection. He is not going to condemn the guilty, but forgive. He is not going to humiliate. He is going to restore dignity. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For, For the, the kingdom, kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ in our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you always shine on our path as a sign of salvation and of hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick who at the cross took part in Jesus' pain, keeping your faith firm. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need, and we are sure you will provide, so that, as in Cana of Galilee, we may return to joy and to feasting after this time of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform to the will of the Father, and to do as we are told by Jesus, who has taken upon himself our sufferings and carried our sorrows, to lead us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. Under your protection we seek refuge, Holy Mother of God.
Do not disdain the entreaties of we who are in trial, but deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us. May God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God our Father.